0: This is Michael Melfi, and welcome to the Be Investable podcast, a series where I speak with innovative individuals who share their insights about what it means to be investable. Welcome back to another episode of Be Investable. My name is Michael Melfi. Today we have JT McCormick, an American businessman, author, and speaker. He's most recently served as president of the technology company, HeadSpring, before his current role, president and CEO of Book in the Box. Well, J.T., thank you for coming on the show today. Michael, how are you, my man? I'm, I am doing, doing well, and, and looking forward to a fun conversation here with you today. Excellent. I, I, am, I am looking forward to it myself, man. Let's, let's dive in. I, I, I got to say, you know, I, I'm sitting here reading, doing some searching on the Internet, and all of a sudden this guy, uh, Tucker Max from HeadSpring, all of a sudden gives a quote about how he talks about when he fired himself in a blog post and it says talking about you now to sum up what we found he was even more of a baller than we thought everyone i talked to loved him they told me stories about him that were so amazing they seem made up but they're all true and that's how you kind of started out in that whole gig i want to thank you so much for coming on the show and with that i want to ask you you've had a, a very interesting career is, is there any part that really was the most challenging, and if so, what did you learn from it? I would say the, the biggest part and
1: the most challenging, in and, and if you will give me a moment to really dive into this, what I find it just incredibly interesting is if you go onto LinkedIn and you look at all of the different posts, everyone's always posting the the. the Successes, top 10 things to be successful. Here's the, you know, here's what I just did that made me successful. Everyone talks about their, their successes, but let's be honest, you learn the most from your mistakes. And so when, when I do coaching and teaching within our, our own company, I do it by way of, of my mistakes because I don't want to walk around with this, this, mentality or this persona is that I'm perfect or I haven't made mistakes so when you say what was the most challenging for me it was the first time I uh, as a first-time president over a software company and I didn't write code man I I made mistakes I made decisions that I wondered okay man this decision has got to work out and I was nervous about it. And I remember the first time I became president, waking up the next morning, realizing, "Wow, I'm no longer just responsible for myself or a department. I'm responsible for the whole company." So the most challenging for me was being the first time president and and just learning from the mistakes that that I
0: made. So you know, I, I love that you talk about that because you know we all we all love to put on a pedestal people who are successful and we don't want to ask them where were, what were the mistakes, what were the lessons, what were the challenges, and, and the fact that you point that out is, is so great. It, it's it, it's such an important part because that's really where we grow. Is there, is, there a, is there a top five mistakes for you then? If there's not a top five success, is there a top five things or top three things that you would say, wow, these are really defining moments for me learning in my career? You know, I'll, I'll take it back There's a couple. I'll
1: I'll go with the recency effect of of now. So now I'm president and CEO of a publishing company, and I've got two co-founders. As you mentioned, uh, Tucker Max is is one of the founders. Tucker Max has had great success as an author. He has had you know incredible amounts of fame, and so here I have this this famous co-founder who's had just incredible success throughout his career, and I've got two co-founders who have founded this company, it's their baby. One of the biggest mistakes that I made when I came in, and it actually went, went on for about a year to, to maybe 15 months, is I allowed myself to be influenced by the co-founders too much. And what I mean by that, and this, this isn't, I don't say this to be arrogant, because they called me out for it. They brought me in for a reason. And the reason was they didn't know how to do what I knew how to do so when they would influence me in many ways they wanted me to push back and say no that's not the direction we were going we're going we're going this direction and so the mistake for me was allowing two co-founders to to have too much influence over the decisions that I was making or the direction that I was setting. I knew the things we we needed to do, but I allowed some of the influence from those co-founders to lead me down a different path only to find ourselves 15 months later for them to both come back and say, Hey, you told us this was going to happen. You should have pushed us harder to go the direction you knew that we should have gone. So from a recency effect, that was one of the, the biggest decisions I made coming in as a, as a first-time CEO to a company that had two co-founders. That was a, a huge mistake that,
0: that I made. Got it, got it, got it. Thank you for sharing that. Was there anything else along the way that you think really kind of got you there, whether it be early in your career and, you know, in the mortgage industry or even going back to your days in Dayton, Ohio?
1: You know, I'll, I'll, I'll go with, uh, I'll, I'll take it back to HeadSpring when I was at the software company, and this was a harsh lesson that, that I learned. Most of my life has been about survival, considering my background of where I come from out of mm-hmm. Dayton, Ohio. It's all been about self. So when I got introduced to cells, I realized, wow, okay, I'm in direct control and responsible for the end result. So I knew by any means necessary, I need to succeed in sales. Well, what happens in this, this happens with the majority of your great salespeople is they're very selfish, they're very self-centered, they're very controlling, and they only care about themselves. Many salespeople won't admit that, but the great ones, they'll admit it. So what happened for me at the software company specifically is I became great at sales and I had this mentality that, okay, I closed the business, now go execute. And it took me uh, probably about a year to realize that, wow, I need the software engineers just like they need me. And what I mean by that is it didn't matter how much business I closed if I didn't have anyone working with me to execute on the development of of the software, it didn't matter. So a big mistake for me, or a learning lesson, if you will, was realizing that when you're a part of a company, it takes a team of Mm -hmm. people and you've got to be a part of that team. To be very selfish, you you are a toxic person within a culture because I, I, for one, developed an attitude of, oh, you need me, You do. I'm, I'm untouchable because I'm the number one salesperson, I'm driving all of this, bringing in all this revenue. That's a crappy mentality to have, and I had that mentality, and it took me about a year to realize that it's not just about you, it's about the greater good of the organization and all of the people involved.
0: mm. That makes that makes such total sense. It's it's so great the way you describe salespeople because you know they are they're the lifeblood. At the end of the day, sales drive the organization. and cures all woes. With that, a lot of times comes come interesting personalities to say the least. Totally, and and, I, and I'll say I'll take it a
1: step further. You really you really want to uh, piss off some people on your podcast? Uh, it's, <laughs> it's ninety, in my opinion. Again, my opinion. Ninety percent of all salespeople suck. And if you go on to Career Builder, Indeed, uh, Monster, go look at the number one sought after uh, career slash job. It's for salespeople. And it's because 90% of all salespeople suck. You've got salespeople out there that will send three emails and think they prospected, mm-hmm. they'll make two cold calls and think they prospected. They didn't do anything. You know, you, you have to follow through and be complete. So for, in my opinion, again, 90% of all salespeople suck.
0: Uh, I, 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 I love it because I'm sure there's some people saying, what did he just say? Uh, but but it's so, you know, <laughs> we, we talk about being invested. When we talk about making that ask for resources, whether it be uh, people to join your team, people to buy your product, or investors to invest in you and your business. And, you know, Fundraising is a lie, and those asks are a lot like sales. The ability to face rejection, the ability to have influence over other people, and the ability to have the right attitude and mindset to move forward and move through those obstacles you're going to face. I mean, what is it? The average person has to see something seven times before they say yes to it? You know, the average sales funnel, you know, takes a while to move down and through. People are being inundated with options and opportunities out there. You know, and obviously, as we shared, a lot of business owners and, and entrepreneurs and emerging companies are listening to these podcasts, and they, they, you know, they really just think, well, if I build it, they will come, or if I have a solution to a problem, then I should, I should be the next billion-dollar company. And it's anything but that. It's in that execution, and and quite frankly, I call it the ability to g- gain that traction is really the ability to sell. What you're talking about is so important, and most people don't like to do it or are really bad at what they do. Yep. Yeah, and, and,
1: and like I said, you'll, you'll have people that'll send two emails. You'll have people that'll, that'll do three cold calls and really think that they did something or, or they prospected. it. It's, it's the follow through and the follow up. Those are the individuals that will be successful. And, and so I'm, I've, I've been asked this question often. JT, how have you overcome rejection? And I, I just share my background for me. I grew up where there were times where I went home and I would ask my my mother, I said, are we going to eat dinner? And she would say no. Well, there wasn't anything that I could do. And that no hurt. That meant I was going to bed hungry that night. Man, if I'm prospecting the Fortune 1000 and I call a a, a company and they say no, okay, great. There's 999 other companies that I can go (laughs) call on. I am going to keep calling until I find a yes. And and for me, I'll follow what it is. No just means not right now. I'll I'll call you back next quarter. And that's always been my mentality is I will find someone who will say yes.
0: That is so, so great. Find someone who will say yes. I love that. You know, you're pretty open about about your your childhood and, and some of the struggles you had early on. And is there anything about that you think allowed you to have the resilience the the tenacity to stick with it to, to to build the successful life and career that you have today
1: I would say that the great majority of it is if if I've overcome the things that I went through from from sexual abuse to racism to neglect uh, to homelessness to being in and out of juvenile uh, as you know I don't have a college degree and I never got to graduate high school I had to go to summer school after everyone graduated to get my high school diploma so when when I look at life I use those things to say to myself okay if I've overcome that I can definitely achieve success within business, and for those individuals who have asked me, I've been asked this question, well, JT, what if I don't have the same background as you in those things to motivate me? Well, if you don't, use someone else's story, and what I mean by that is people will ask me, JT, how do you get up every day at 4 a.m.? And I say to them, look, I'm human. There's days where I want to lay in bed, I don't want to get up, I want to hit the snooze button, I want to go back to sleep. But then my mindset says, okay, there is someone in a hospital bed right now with cancer that's never gonna leave that, that hospital, ever. They would give anything just to get up and walk to the restroom on their own, let alone leave the hospital just to walk to the restroom on their own. And I have the absolute privilege and luxury to get out of bed in my beautiful home and and go achieve all my dreams and goals. So my point is, even if you don't have the background of myself, there's you use other things and you use a mindset of other thoughts that should motivate you to go out and, and achieve success. You and I both know there's someone right now, literally dying to get into this country and I don't mean that uh, I mean that literal they're dying to cross the border to get into this country just to get an opportunity to work in, in the US I'm already here I, I mean hell, go 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 succeed so that's that's how I, I live life each day
0: you know it's it's interesting you say that I, I was uh, you know A lot of people have different opinions about things, and I try not to to share too many on the show, but I was traveling yesterday, and I I happened to be in an an Uber on the way to the the airport, and the, the nicest gentleman, he happened to be a foreigner, and he was driving, and we got talking, and to hear him describe America as the land of opportunity, and to hear him just talk about what is possible here and, and how lucky we are to have that opportunity every morning. It was it was actually really motivating. It was like, wow, here's someone who you could say, wow, he, he doesn't have the greatest job ever and he saw it as an opportunity to build something here. And and you're 100% right is that it's so easy to hit that snooze button and not want to make that extra effort and there's people who are literally dying to be able to do what we do. I, I think that's a great point to make for our listeners. Totally.
1: It's And again, it's all in the mindset of how you choose to look at things. I live by an easy formula in life, mindset, choices, and hard work equals success. I live by that formula.
0: You said mindset, choices, and hard work? hard work equals success. So let me me ask you this because I I do want to ask you about mindset. What if you don't know what choices to make? How, How do you make the right choices? You know, it, there, there
1: comes a point where there's, I, I would say, personal responsibility as well. Uh, and I'll give you an example. My wife has a friend uh, of hers that asked me, "Well, you know, JT, I, I've got three kids. I've been in my career seven years. Uh, I've I made X amount of money. So we've become accustomed to a certain lifestyle." And I said, "Okay, that's great. I, I respect it. I get it. But there comes a point where we have to make sacrifices." we live in a country where in many ways and i'm not speaking holistically so i don't want to piss anybody off but we live in a country where we don't want to sacrifice anything anymore we you know hard work we you know we somewhere lost our work ethic as a as a country where people look at flipping burgers is beneath them versus a, an opportunity and so the 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 choices and the mindset sometimes you have to make hard choices, maybe you have to step back and not have the Lexus and the Mercedes and you got to take it down to a Camry and a Kia in order to build yourself back up to where you want to go. Uh, many times we don't want to make those, those choices. And when you said, you know, what if someone doesn't know what choices to make, I'll, I'll point this one out to you. You've, we live in a country where the term binge-watching has become celebrated, where people will say, hey, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, man, I got home on Friday night, and we watched Game of Thrones from 6 p.m. on Friday to 6 p.m. on Sunday. When's the last time you heard anyone say they binge-studied their uh, retirement plan, mm-hmm. their, their retirement future? When, when's the last time you've heard that? Never, but you, you see, as a country, we celebrate people who make the choice to go stand in line in front of the Apple store for 24 hours overnight for the new iPhone that does two new things that the phone that they already had does. So a lot of times when I hear people say, well, I don't know what choices, I I call BS. Sometimes it's, you just don't want to know the choices. And and, and I'll, I'll make it personal. Each day, I got to drive past McDonald's, and, and I'll own it. I love McDonald's. I got <laughs> to drive past McDonald's to get to the gym. I have the choice. Do I go to McDonald's, go through the drive-thru, go back home, or do I drive to the gym? It's that simple. What, what's the choice that I'm going to make to sacrifice and, and be successful? And that that's how I, I define choices,
0: man. So so, my listeners know that I, I like mindset and like talking about it. And, and it. while the mindset is the most powerful muscle in the body, it can also be the weakest. How, how are you able to strengthen your mindset and, and really grow mentally in your career? It, it, it's going to sound
1: very simple, but how bad do you want something and maybe part of this comes from my background i know what it's like to be poor i know what it's like to be hungry so how bad do you want success there's three words that you will never hear come out of my mouth hope wish and luck when i was a kid and i would hope there was something to eat when i got home it never produced anything When I was at home and I opened the refrigerator and I wished there was food in there, it never produced anything. And as far as luck, when people say, oh, my God, the Powerball winner uh, that won $100 million, they're so lucky. No, they're not lucky. They bought a ticket. Those three words will never come out of my mouth. So my mindset is, okay, what do I need to do to be successful let me ask questions, let me find the answers, and I'm not afraid to ask for anything. Uh, you know, if you want to take it back to the third grade, I had a teacher named Miss Bedeck, and she said there are no dumb questions and there are no stupid questions. Well, my dumb ass took that literally, and I will ask questions for everything. I will sit in meetings and ask, okay, what's that word mean? Because I want to know. And so my mindset is, if i'm willing to sacrifice if i'm willing to put in the hard work i will be successful and 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 i wish that you're going to hear me say this wish now i wish for those folks who who disagree with me or or want more that i could give you more but for
0: me it's that simple that's great i think it's great thank you so much for that and 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 I, i want to ask a little bit before we wrap up here This great company, Book in a Box. You want to share with our listeners a little bit about that and what you guys do?
1: So I'll share share a quick story with you. So I was the president of a software company, and I I was traveling a lot. And I don't like to fly, and I hit a lot of turbulence. And I said to myself, wow, something happened to me my children would not know where i came from they would not know my background they wouldn't know the, all the different things that i went through to get to where i am today so i i reached out to my network and i said hey does anyone know who can help me write a book and i got introduced to the two co-founders book in a box and specifically to tucker max and uh, in in an email, uh, the gentleman, Jason Dorsey, he makes an introductory, we've all seen this email, JT, this is Tucker, Tucker, this is JT. Well, in a separate email, Jason says, hey, JT, that's the real Tucker Max. Well, I didn't know who Tucker was. So I emailed Jason back and I said, hey, I'm the real JT (laughs) McCormick. And so um, (laughs) I went and looked and found out who Tucker was and I was like, oh, wow didn't realize he's one of three people in the history of the world who have had three New York Times bestsellers simultaneously and so one thing led to another I met with Tucker uh, I'll spare you all the details but I fell in love with the company fell in love with the process uh, they were looking to scale the company I had just been with the software company, wasn't passionate about the software company. I loved it, loved the people, great group. It was, it was a fun ride, but I don't write code, so I wasn't passionate about it. And here was this opportunity to be the CEO of a publishing company and woke up one morning and I was the CEO of of Book in a Box. And what, what I fell in love with is my book would have never have been done if it wasn't for this company. It allowed for me to speak my book versus writing. So what I mean by that, and I'll get into what we do, is we we help authors turn their ideas into books over the course of seven months, and we do it by way of interviewing the author and pulling out the details to their book. Our, the books are written in the author's tone, their voice, their content. We're not ghostwriters. You can't come to us and say, Hey, go write a, a, a book about the new iPhone. And we come back with a manuscript and put your name on it. Our books are done in the author's tone, their content and their voice. And we do it through an interview process over the course of seven months, beginning to end, cover, interior layout. We put it on Amazon. This isn't, uh, you know, crappy self publishing where it looks like you went down to Kinko's. And, and stapled something together and, and put it up on Amazon. We've got several New York Times best selling authors and we've worked with close to a thousand authors now.
0: Wow, that's awesome. And so can anyone come and, and, and register and be an author of yours or is there an application or screening process and, and how does that all yep. work?
1: So there is a screening process. You give us a call. We walk you through. We want to flesh out. Do You actually have a book there. Uh, I'll give you the top two reasons why we turn people away. So uh, unbeknown to many, we actually turn down about 35% of the people that come to us. The number one reason we turn people down uh, is because they just don't have enough content for a book. The number two reason we turn people down is someone who leads with, oh, I want to be a New York Times bestseller, and I want to sell a million copies. Well, that individual is looking for fame. They got to go call the Kardashians. That's not our business. <laughs> we, are, we work with people who uh, are writing a book for a purpose. They're looking to uh, for thought leadership, credibility, lead generation, or maybe it's a legacy piece. So we do books that uh, have a purpose to help authors achieve their goals. For me, my goal was to have a legacy piece for my children and my great-great-grandchildren. Some authors are writing a book for lead generation for their their companies or thought leadership, so on and so forth. If someone's just looking for fame and and to sell a million copies, we'll turn those those folks down in a heartbeat.
0: Okay, very interesting. So as a... I guess a recovering uh, publisher, I used to be in the publishing industry, and as I share with you, I've published a few books myself. Why should people come to you versus doing a self-publishing uh, or, or go to another publisher?
1: I would say the number one reason is quality. We, we've we got a, a stable of uh, New York Times best best-selling uh, writers and editors. Uh, we've got... Uh, the Pul- 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 Prize winners, we've got Emmy Award-winning writers, so on and so forth. So, number one would be quality. Two would be ease of use. We we live in a time period right now where we're all just strapped for time, and you, you know this from from publishing a couple of books, finding finding the time to actually sit down and write a book, hmm. and, and, and from cover cover to cover is just the, the time is just incredible uh, amount of, of investment. On top of the fact that you have your career, it's almost impossible, not impossible, but almost. Mm-hmm. So it would be a combination of, of ease of use and quality is why people should come to us.
0: Got it. Got it. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. And, and last question I'm going to have for you is, as I shared with you, the podcast is called Be Investible. What does Be Investible mean to you? You know,
1: I, I saw that and I thought, wow, I, I really love that. Be investable, investable to me means be willing to do everything for yourself, meaning don't make excuses, don't blame others, and be investable to your yourself. Don't Don't say someone's holding you back. Don't say, oh, well, you know, I would be in shape too if I could afford a personal chef and a personal trainer. Find a way by any means necessary. Find a way. Be willing to sacrifice. If it takes sixty hours, put in sixty hours. Uh, you know, it's life is not all about work-life balance, regardless of of how uh, cool or, or cliche it's become to say that. Be investable to me is be willing to do everything to achieve your goals and dreams, whatever they are. They may not even be financial but be willing to do whatever it takes to achieve your goals and dreams.
0: Awesome. Well, JT, I appreciate that. I I love your definition of it, and I thank you so much for your time here on the show today.
1: I appreciate it, sir. Always uh, humbled and flattered for folks to have me on and actually be interested to hear the things that come out of my mouth. (laughs) Awesome.
0: Well, once again, We had JT McCormick. He's a businessman, author, and speaker. You're listening to the Be Investable podcast. My name is Michael Melfi. And until our next episode, stay investable. Well, there you have it. The latest episode of the Be Investable podcast. Until next time, stay investable. In the meantime, check out our magazine by going to www.getinvestable.com forward slash magazine, and subscribe for a free issue. Additionally, you can find more great content through our amazing media partners, such as Cranes Business Detroit, Huffington Post, Michigan Business Network, Michapreneur, Smart Hustle Magazine, and Startup Nation. Thanks again for tuning in, and we look forward to talking with you soon.